Now, I want to preach a sermon out of Jeremiah chapter number 6. Jeremiah chapter number 6 and verse number 16. Verse number 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see. There's going to be paths that come across your way. You'll be standing in the streets of life as a minister. As a preacher, you'll be in, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be the way of a liberal. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. There'll be a way of a Calvinist. Mike, y'all may never let me come back now. I don't know. There's going to be a way of a modernist. There's going to be a way of a psychiatrist. There's going to be a way of a guy, well, let's just ease up and not be so hard on sin. There's going to be a way of a, of a charismatic. There's going to be different ways that you'll be approached with. You've got to make a decision. The Bible says, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Ask for the old paths. And this is what you ask. Where is the good way? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Where is the good way? Where is the highway of the upright? Where is the path of the righteous? Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your soul. Now notice this, and this is what we're seeing in our day and time with preachers and ministries all across this country. And that's why this country is going down. It's going down quick. The Bible says here, but they said, we will not walk therein. Also, I said a watchman over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. They said, we will not hearken. Therefore, hear ye nations and know, O congregation, what is among them? Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people. And so here's the judgment of God. Now, I want to preach out of this verse number 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Wherein is the good way and walk therein. Ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. I want to preach just for a little while this morning. On give me the old time religion. Give me the old time religion. And let's go to the Lord and ask him to bless the reading of his word this morning. Now, Lord, we come to you today. And we are so thankful for the kindness and the friendship and the love that we feel in this place. I feel that these young people, I can see it in their eyes. I can see it in their expressions that they love you. And they want the will of God for their life. And I pray that you'd make their path plain. Lord, I pray that you'd make their path easy. And I pray that you'd make great warriors for the Lord Jesus Christ out of these people here. I pray that many people will be saved and brought to Christ out of the effort of this group. Help us, Lord. Put a fire in our bones. As Jeremiah said, there was a fire in my bones. And I pray, Lord... You would put a fire in our bones today and a, and a strength and a help for this gen, new generation that we must minister to and we must preach. Help us, Lord, to seek the old path. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, give me that old-time religion. My background, anybody here from Alabama? Any preachers here from Alabama? Anybody here from Alabama? Am I the only one here today from Alabama? Oh, well, there's one over here. That's a lady. What part of Alabama are you from? Birmingham, Alabama. All right, there's one here. No preachers here from Alabama. Uh, well, anybody that's from Alabama, things are a little bit different in Alabama, I think, than any other part of the world. We have these things called camp meetings. 
Uh, we used to have these things called preacher's fellowships, and you get in these preacher fellowships, and you get in these old camp meetings, and I've preached in Brush Arbor. I've preached in just about every situation you could ever think of. And you get in these things, and the preacher will stand up, and he'll call on a couple of people to preach sermons. And all of a sudden, you got all these sermons being preached. And that's kind of the environment uh, that I preach from. And way back in the woods, and many of you may not know this or even understand this, but way back in the woods, they used the old red hymn, hymn book. And I know that that probably is not the kind of hymn book y'all want to use around here, but that's just what they used back there in the woods. And I was hoping and praying you'd sing Give me that old-time religion today, but it must not, not have been on, on, the, on the status. But listen to me. They sing these old songs with the old triangular notes, and it's a little bit different back in the woods. But I'm going to tell you what, these boys were some, filled with some preaching. They was filled with some fire. Some of it was wildfire, but I like what one preacher said. He went to the one of them. He said, don't be so concerned about the wildfire. There'll be enough cold, wet blankets to put out the wildfire, but I'm telling you, it's just different. I don't want anybody to judge me and say, well, he's just an old fuddy. I'm working on my doctorate degree right now. You may not even, I may not look like it, but I do. I, don't you dare call me a doctor. You say, well, why are you studying to be a doctor if you don't even want to be called doctor? Because the Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And I believe with all my heart that one of these days I'll stand before God and I want to say as far as the world was concerned, a doctor was the top and I want to have it when I stand there. <laughs> it ain't for you. It ain't for nobody. It's for the Lord. Don't even put it on my name. I don't care about the letters. It's a personal thing that I want to do just for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you get back here in the woods, and they preach all kinds of things. It's mostly topical. And so I don't want anybody to say, well, he's not, uh, you know, a textual preacher or things like this. It's a little bit different. And I will say this. The Bible says line upon line and precept upon precept. And that is very, very true, and it is very, very wise. But don't forget, if you read on, it says here little, there little. <laughs> Y'all with me all right? Now listen. Give me that old-time religion. I understand the connotation of religion. You don't need religion. You need the righteousness of Christ. I understand that. But in the old term, you read the old commentaries. A lot of the old preachers talked about religion. And I'll tell you what. I say this morning, give me that old-time religion. I'll tell you, give me the old-time religion where eight-year-olds' conversations weren't about having some kind of a different sexual orientation. Uh, give me the old-time... Matter of fact, some of you mamas need to pull a belt out of your pocketbook and straighten some of these folks out. I'm telling you right now, I'm talking about give me some old-time religion. I'm telling you that I aspire to be an old-fashioned preacher that doesn't have to be in the in crowd. Now, I know I'm a relic. And I know I run the risk of being a non-progressive, but I say to you what this world needs is a good old-fashioned dose of some old-fashioned Bible preaching, some old-time religion. I say give me that old-time religion where sinners were saved. Give me that old-time religion where sinners were saved. Boy, I tell you, that some of the preachers that I grew up under, and, and uh, not only Dr. Comfort, why well, didn't he have he seen a lot of people saved in his ministry? Give me the old-time religion where sinners were saved. I grew up under some preacher that tell me the stories of how it was in the 60s and 70s and the revivals. I remember uh, one particular preacher, uh, Pastor Carl Garnett, that kind of took me under his wing and 
and would preach me and preach revivals and help me as much as he possibly could. And if you're a preacher somewhere, I think you've got to try to start helping these younger preachers and give them opportunities and try to develop them. I mean, we've we, we got to try to do something uh, somewhere, somehow, especially if you believe in preaching to put something and instill something in them. But I believe in old time, old brother Garnett, he said he preached one morning and 55 people, just in a regular service, 55 people walked the aisle and got saved. And I used to think about, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to see that? I remember preaching revival meetings. One of the first revival meetings I preached, there was 11 people saved. And, and I thought, well, thank God. And I preached another revival down there in Alabama. 15 were saved in that re- I'll tell you what, it gets addicting. You know, there's a lot of people addicted to a lot of things. But boy, wouldn't it be good if an old-fashioned, old-time, hellfire and brimstone preacher would get addicted to seeing some souls saved. Amen. Sinners saved where conviction, you know, you, you, you used to go to church and feel conviction. You used to go to church and feel conviction. You could, you could feel the word of God working in people's hearts. And you, people would tell you, and they'd still tell me to this day, they'll say, preacher, the Lord was there today. The Lord was working on my heart. And I think, well, I, I'm glad to hear that. It's when sinners were saved, when the Holy Spirit moved, I remember Many times in my ministry, and I've already kind of mentioned this, but when I'm not seeing somebody saved, it bothers me. When I'm not seeing somebody saved, it bothers me. When I seemed like 2019, we saw a lot of people saved our church, and, and I thought, well, when 2020 hits and COVID hits, and man, this, there's going to be a great outpouring of revival, and there's going to be people flooding to the church. We can see the end times. We can see in just a moment of time the whole world shut down. Surely they can see the coming of Christ is near. We're fixing to have a great revival. I'll tell you, it went, it went the opposite. It went the opposite, and we just now seem to be getting back, and I'm praying, Lord, we got to see souls, and thank God for souls, but give me the old-time religion where sinners were saved. I think, young preacher, uh, older preacher, whoever you are here, if you're not seeing souls in your sa- saved in your ministry, you need to get on your knees, and you need to say, God, help me to win souls to Christ. Help me reach someone with the Word of God where there's a concern. Do you have a concern about souls? And when's the last time you were concerned about a soul? When's the last time you were concerned about these things? I think lives being changed, seeing people say, thank God for that old-time religion where sinners were saved. Thank God for that old-time religion where preachers preached. It's hard to find a preacher today. It's hard to find a preacher today. I'll say that again. There's churches looking for preachers. Now, over here in North Carolina... Long time ago, there was a church from here in North Carolina. They called me, wanted me to candidate for the church. Now, this is probably 90s, late 90s. They called me and said, Preacher, we, we won't know if you come up here and preach with a consideration of a call. I said, okay. He said, we, we want to know this. You thought, I, I thought, well, they're going to start asking me qualifications. You know, have I been divorced or meet, remarried or how many times? And, <laughs> one at a time or whatever, <laughs> you know. Well, I've only been married once. And, you know, I thought, I'm expecting these kind of questions, and this is what he says. He said, we want someone. He said, preacher, can you kill the paint? <laughs> huh? That's what he said. You better be. I'm going ahead and warn you. There's some churches out there that want somebody to kill the paint. There's some churches out there that want the chandelier shake. There's some preachers or some churches out there looking for preachers who will preach. Preach. 
I don't think there's a, a, a greater call than bre- being a preacher. I'd go to these preachers. I was able to preach in 50 churches in the state of Alabama down through the years, uh, maybe over that. And, you know, this is the common thing that I heard through all these churches. These little old ladies with their pocketbook and their cane, they would come up to me after I was done preaching, and they would say, Brother Jordan, I haven't heard anything like that since I was a kid. <laughs> woo I said, well, thank you. It's a shame, it's a shame that ain't more preachers out there. What do you think built America? What do you think stirred America up? It was old-fashioned preaching. You, you take, go way back in the old days. What do you think George Whitfield did? 10,000 people coming out to a pasture. How's he going to reach the 10,000th one out there if he didn't have some preach in him? Did y'all read that lectures to my students by Charles Spurgeon? Y'all read that? What was one of the qualifications to come to his school is you had to have a good set of lungs. <laughs> y'all miss that one? I'm talking about some preach. Some preach. It, back then it was before electricity. Electricity might have hurt us a little bit because we got all this. They've already been turning me down. I got that some sense in that. <laughs> and they've just about, they just about to get me upset. <laughs> Give me some volume, bro. I'm a preacher. That's what I say. I'm talking about, you think about back in those old days, to reach people without a microphone, you had to be old-fashioned, old-timey, willing to let it rip, tell you the chip. I'm telling you, a preacher. I'm talking about a day and time where preachers were not afraid to preach. If you didn't have a little preaching, you, you wouldn't be able to have much of a ministry. Well, I get sick and tired of these old little old ladies coming to me and saying, I haven't heard that since I was a kid. There needs to be more of them hearing it. They need to be hearing it all over. This country's going down, and it's going down quick, and it's a lack of hearing the word of God. Amen. I think you study it out for yourself, and I don't have time. My time's almost up, and I'm not hardly through the second point. We got seven of them. Matter of fact, here's the outline. Sinners were saved. Preachers preached. People prayed. Scripture was the solution. People praised. Singers sang, and Christ was coming. That's the outline. Y'all need to preach that. That's a good sermon. You want the outline? I'll give it to you. But I'm talking about a day and time where preachers preached. A day and time, this is not something new. The first thing Jesus did in his ministry was preach. Do you notice that? The first thing you read about your Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, is he came on the scene and he preached. The Bible says in Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach. (laughs) Preach. I say to you today, preacher, learn how to preach. Get some preach in you. Get some fire in your bones. Put something down in you that when you stand up, you got something to say. It's not that you're trying to fumble around to say something, but when you stand behind the sacred desk, you got something to say. You got something on your heart. You got something that you feel like will change the world if they'll only listen. More than just having a little text. It's more than just having something to to say. It's I've got a message from heaven itself and God put it on my heart. John the Baptist, the Bible said when John came, he came preaching, friend. He came preaching. Moses, he drew a line, said, who's on the Lord's side? Sounded like he was a line-drawing preacher. (laughs) Amen. Long Pointing his old long finger, saying, who's on the Lord's side? And draw the finger. Noah preached for 120 years. I don't know if y'all have had this argument yet. Who was the first preacher? Who was it? Who? 
Enoch, yes, sir. Jude 14, he, what did he preach? The coming of Christ. Isn't that interesting? Preaching with the coming of ten thousands of saints. He was, <clears throat> the very first thing we read about a preacher is he was preaching the judgment of God. Isn't that interesting? A preacher. Isaiah said, cry aloud, spare not. Elijah was a hellfire and brimstone preacher, brought down fire three times. Boy, he, had, he brought down the fire, and that's, I think I preached that here in 96. I think that was the last time I was here. He brought down the, the fire in his prayer, in his preaching, and in his person. Good outline, too. Real good. You need to preach that one, too. That's a good sermon. Apollos was known to be a preacher. Peter stood up at Pentecost and preached. 3,000 people were saved. Paul was known to be a preacher. Paul told Timothy, Timothy to preach the word. I thank God for men like Moody and Spurgeon and Whitfield and Wesley and Knox and Luther and Edwards and Falwell and Sunday and R.G. Lee. You know, when I was a kid, I heard R.G. Lee preach. Sure did. Really, the only thing I remember, he used to wear them white suits. I remember that gray-haired man in that white suit came up there down in Montgomery, Alabama. He preached, but he was known to be a preacher. He's known to be a preacher. Uh, J. Frank Norris, uh, A.V. Henderson. Y'all ever hear A.V. Henderson? Probably not. He came around to school back in the early 90s. A.V. Henderson, well, I tell you, he was a preacher. He'd get you excited. I want to be known. Don't, don't put anything on my tombstone but a preacher. He was a preacher. That's what I want to be known for. I want to be known for old-fashioned. Give me that old-time religion where preach, preachers preached. Personally dedicated, profoundly doctrine, preaching damnation. Give me that old-time religion where people prayed. Prayer meetings. It's, nothing ever happens as Brother or Dr. Bill was talking. Prayer, you got to spend time in prayer. I've prayed many days for God to help me to be a preacher. I fasted many days uh, for God to help me to be a preacher. Somebody says, well, I want to pray like Jesus prayed. Well, let me tell you something. You haven't ever prayed like Jesus prayed that you prayed all night. <laughs> Y'all with me? I'm talking about give me, give me the old-time religion where people, people prayed. Give me the old-time religion where the Scripture was the solution. When the Word of God was king, it wasn't comparable just to the Koran or the Pearl of Great Price or Tripitaka or the Vedas or the Hindu or the New Editions or the She Bible. I'm talking about give me the old-time religion where the Word of God was always the answer. And the preacher didn't check with some psychiatrist. He didn't check to see which way the wind was blowing. He just grabbed the old precious book, the book of heaven, and preached the word of God. Churches weren't run by organizations, but they were run by thus saith the Lord. Give me that old time religion where people praised. The Bible says, and you're going to have to learn this, young man. You're going to have to learn that if your ministry is going to be what it needs to be, there's a time where you need to praise God. Psalms 22, and verse 22, in the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. While I live, I will praise the Lord. Thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. Let thy saints shout for joy. Give me, and I know maybe some of <laughs> you never been in a service where there's people, and of course, there was pretty good amen in here this morning. I'll say amen again. I like that. There's some of you. I'll tell you what, you got to learn that. You got to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord and let your praise be in the Almighty God. Give me that old time religion where singers sang <laughs> from the heart. From the heart. Now, Dr. Skull was here today, and I will say this, that I don't feel like being a singer was ever my gig. 
I like to sing. Some people said I can sing good, but I don't know what it is, but when I get up here to try to do a solo, maybe y'all can give me some advice, I get real nervous. And singing and being nervous don't mix. <laughs> you, you just don't work. Your throat don't work right. I want to, but I don't know what it is. And I just feel like the Lord saying you don't need to do that. You let somebody else do that. But now I was in Dr. Scoble's class, and he taught me how to lead the music. And I'm going to tell you something. Thank God he did. I wasn't interested in leading music, and I wasn't interested in those kind of things. But you're going to get in some ch- services that uh, music's horrible. <laughs> For lack of a better word, I'm better than what's going on here. <laughs> I ain't kidding you. Whatever this is, you know, and this is the thing. You can, you can do ten good things in a church, but you let one obstacle that's glaring, it, it'll ruin everything you're trying to do. You can. You let one glaring obstacle be there, it's going to ruin everything else. So I thank God, Dr. Scoble, because there's been a lot of times I was a music leader, the assistant pastor, the youth director, <laughs> and the senior pastor, you know. And I didn't want it. was like I was a one-man show sometimes. And I don't, I don't necessarily like that, but you may get in a situation. You might need to pay attention in the song leading class. You may have to do it one of these days. You may have to figure out what I need to do to lead a choir. You, what, what, what's the best way to get a group of people up here to sing a little bit and not just be horrible? <laughs> you know? I, I ain't kidding you. Uh, old, an old-fashioned, see, back in the old days... Back in the old days, they didn't do the video games and watch TV. They didn't have all that, so they sat around and they played instruments. And that's what they did for recreation, was sing old gospel songs. And singers sang from the heart. And I'll tell you this, <clears throat> Elvis grew up in the choir. Some of you don't know Elvis Presley, he's called the king of rock and roll. <laughs> he grew up in the choir. He grew up singing in a choir. Whitney Houston, probably one of the most beautiful voices I have ever heard, you know, in the, in the world's view. I'm, I'm more interested in Christian singing, but as far as the world's view, Whitney Houston had a great voice. She grew up in the choir. They got out of the choir. They got out of the choir and they got in the world. Give me the old-time religion where folks stay in the choir. Give me the old-time religion where singers sang. They sang for the Lord. They kept singing for the Lord. They wasn't interested in the world and what the world had to offer. They'd be a lot better off. They ruined their life. Elvis ruined his life. Whitney ruined his life. I could talk all day about people who got out of the choir. I preach a sermon on all those that got out of the choir. (laughs) For you music majors, that'd be a great sermon for you. Sure would. It'll make you think. They're getting drinking, they're getting drugs. And you know what it is? They're miserable because they know what God called them to do. They'll get up there at a concert and sing some gospel song and start crying because they know they belong in a church, they belong in a choir, they belong singing for God, and they're out of His will, if they're even saved, and they've forsaken all that. And I say, give me the old-time religion where singers sang for God. Didn't care about the world. And then last, give me that old-time religion where Christ was coming. Now, you listen to me, I think we're here. I can't name a date, <laughs> but I think it's today. I think it's today, the coming of Christ. Give me the old-time religion where the coming of Christ was on your mind each and every day. Give me that old-time religion where people saw the realignment of the Roman Empire is already here. 
You know, the old statue and Daniel, the realignment of all that, it's already here. The EU is set up. The UN is set up. I'll tell you the one that I'm interested in, the G7. Y'all thought much about the G7? Huh? The G7. We're talking about the, the WEV. WEV, I don't know. All these little abbreviations. You know, this is, all these abbreviations, that's, that's a no-no in the church, by the way. Don't abbreviate all these. Tell people what you're doing. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing. I'm naming off letters here. Probably half of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Wouldn't it be helpful if you knew what I was talking about? We go over here to the BCG building. Okay, well, if there's a visitor, what's the BCG building? Huh? You understand what I'm saying? Abbreviations don't always work. So I'm l- rattling off all these abbreviations. You don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's why the government does it. Most people working every day, <clears throat> G7, I ain't interested in no G- what's G7. Well, it's seven countries getting together trying to rule the world. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> WEV, well, it's a corporation trying to control all the finances. You know, what, what does all that mean? What, what's this chip? Well, the Bible talks about everybody's going to have to be given account to this uh, worldwide ruler, this ruler, this antichrist, this anti-God and anti-Christ and anti-church, and uh, they're going to try to, they're trying to produce this man. It's already, they're already there. I think the antichrist is there. I think for every generation, Satan has a man groomed and prepared to step in at that moment. I believe, I believe the devil's got a man. And you got to realize that Jesus Christ is coming soon. You know, the whole covenant theology, we mentioned this in class, that's over. 1948, Israel became a nation. The confusion of Israel and the church, you know, swapping places is, is not right. It's not, there's no sense in even discussing it or talking about it. It's totally wrong. Jesus Christ is coming again. At any moment, at any time, and we thank God for how the coming of Christ will change your outlook on life. It'll change your outlook on life. You, If you get up Sunday morning and preach like it's the last sermon you'll ever preach, it'll change your sermon outline sometimes. Well, if I don't know, I like this sermon, but if this is the last one I got, <laughs> I'm going to hit them with this, amen. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to say it all. That's why you, you start preaching like me. You preach too long, way too long. You know what? I preach a long time, and the folks at my church, they stick with me. I have to give them that. They come back. And when they come back every Sunday, I say, well, it's good to see y'all. Because <laughs> I wore them out. I wear them out every Sunday. I'm talking about, I, I'm talking about an old-time religion, and I thank God for people that want to hear it. Amen. Want to hear it. Jesus is coming again, and we're going to win. It looks bad, and it is going to get bad before it all gets over. But in the end, thank God, we're going to win. We're going to be on the winning side. We're going to be carrying the word of God, and we're going to be happy, and we're going to understand that no matter what the devil can do or tries to do, I'm going to win. I'm going to be on the side of Christ. I don't like to ride horses, but one of these days I'm coming back on a white charger. I rode a horse one time. That thing took off. I thought it was going to kill me. For I, I was just a kid, and I really don't want to get back on one. But one of these days, I'm going to be proud to get on one. Be proud to ride that horse right on back here and set up the kingdom. And thank God for that day that's coming. Now, I'm going to close by giving you this poem. Now, I, 
Brother Sammy Gates, and you don't know him, but Wilson Avenue Baptist Church, when I was just a young preacher, just still going to college here, he had a church of about 500 down there around Mobile, Alabama. He called me and said, I want you to come preach for me. <laughs> that was a big crowd, and it was nerve-wracking. But I'll tell you what, old Sammy Gates, he took me under his wing, and he tried to help me as much as he can. He gave me this poem, and <clears throat> I, I think it's Miss Kim's in the office. She has this if you want a copy. He gave me this poem. He said, if you're preaching from the Bible, preach on. If you're longing for revival, just preach on. Preach on sin and condemnation. Preach for sinners his salvation. Preach to Christians consecration, but preach on. If your sermon's from the Lord, preach on. Never mind if they look bored, just preach on. If the devil looks down on it, if the critics frown upon it, many souls depend on it, so preach on. If you step on someone's corns, well, preach on. Take the bull by the horns and preach on. Even though we may not like it, even though say some may try to fight it, where there's wrong, the Lord will right it, so preach on. Let not uh, time be a restriction, just preach on. If a sinner's got conviction, then preach on. Christ can save his soul from hell, cleanse his heart, and make him well. Even if it's after 12, uh, just preach on. From the law to revelation, yes, preach on. Christ for every situation, oh, preach on. If your members doubt it and say they can do without it, if you've talked with God about it, preach on. Think of Christ's own message clear and preach on. There for all who wish to hear, oh, preach on. All are sinners, they must know that his blood did freely flow. He can wash them white as snow, oh, preach on. In the Holy Spirit's power, oh, preach on. He'll reward you in his hour, just preach on. Broken hearts and sins forgiven, blessings here so freely given, and a crown up there in heaven. Oh, preach on, preach on, preach on. And I encourage you preachers this morning to preach, to preach, to get it in your heart and get it in your soul and commit to be a preacher. Lord, I did what you asked me to do. And I pray that you'd instill something wonderful and mighty. I hope that my southern country ways would not be a distraction to what we need to accomplish and what we need to do. We'll thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.